Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that's us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. We got a really good one. I say that every time. But we also have a, a record-breaking appearance here. We're going to start out right from the top. Please welcome, good friend of the podcast, five times appearing on Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, Mr. Tommy Pizzullo himself. Tommy, how are you doing? Good day. Uh, I am. I am good. I, Great start. Uh, that's that's incredible to know that I'm I'm a five time Tommy now. Yeah, we were doing the math. Mm-hmm. We uh we're counting your cameo at the end of the Batman for for real fans that stuck around to the bitter end. <laughs> the after show of it all, Tommy made an appearance there, and then uh, this is our second time covering Vox Mahina. Mm-hmm. You were one of our first ever guests when we covered Over the Garden Wall, our favorite spooky time. Hold on. Got to pause. I've told you guys each this individually. You guys both love Over the Garden Wall, but neither of you guys will watch scary movies. What's that about? Because <laughs> Over the Garden Wall is, you know, it's approachable. It's spooky. It's not <sighs> scary. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Whatever. difference. <laughs> it's like the Grim Avenger, you know, the Grim Fairy Tales. They're mm. just spooky enough, but that's my <laughs> level. Once we get into the horror, ooh, too spooky for me. I just want to watch Saw one time with you guys. Mm. Come on. Is it animated? I guess he's a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> So you are our first five-timer, record-breaking, but you also held the previous record. You're only four-timer, and maybe you're only three-timer as well. You broke the record from yourself twice over now, so thank you for coming back, Tommy. We love it. Your greatest competition is yourself, and I'm just going to keep that past Tommy better watch out because I'm going to come for that next title. That's you right now. You're like shit-talking yourself at the moment. Yeah, time travel's weird, dude. Okay, so <laughs> I'm excited, though. This is one of our first ever, like, follow-up. Like, we did Avatar season one, two, and three, but I don't, I can't think of another, like, time we've covered something more than once like this, if that makes sense. Evan, can can you fact-check me? Yeah, other than Avatar stuff, we have not done, oh, I guess Shrek 2 counts as a, a sequel mm-hmm. or a follow-up, but of a show, we haven't done yeah. a season two besides Avatar stuff, um, especially of a recently released thing. Yeah. Avatar is all like 10 years old at this point, so how are we going to cover it differently? I'm not sure, uh, yeah. but it should be interesting. You know, We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we've grown since the last time we covered Vox yeah. Machina. We've matured. They've, they've matured uh, as well, and, and I think it's cool that and we're we- in it. We're in it live with them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. We are in it live. Um, To start the top here, we don't normally do some news, but if you're a fan of Vox Mahina, you'll be excited to know. Campaign 2 of Critical Role has gotten its own show. They're creating a second TV show called The Mighty Nine. Yep. The Mighty Um, Nine. uh, Tommy, give us a little introduction or, or a teaser, if you will. Yeah, so this was big news. Uh, it came out like very quickly after the first batch of episodes that Amazon has uh, made a deal with Critical Role uh, proper the, for not only the Mighty Nine uh, TV show, which we can mm-hmm. dive into. It's it's to describe it compared to Vox Machina. Vox Machina is your classic D and D like 
you know, campaign with your adventures, and, and that's campaign too as well. I would say it's a little more political in a way, mm-hmm. a little more mystery going on, a little more seediness. But they also signed a first look deal for a movie uh, with with Amazon plus future seasons. So we could be they seeing a up, whole, baby. yeah, a whole thing going on with the Critical Role game. It's a Critical Role universe, if you will, a Critical yeah. Role verse, which is exciting. Um, I thought that was, you know, anyone who's a fan of this show, you're going to love another show of theirs. So wanted to get that out of the way here. Can I I ask, is this other campaign the same voice actors, different characters? Mm. I imagine if it's going to be, you know, different characters for a new show, do you think they'll hire new voice actors? Like, what's the speculation? Hell no. Yeah, so, like, campaign one happened. It was, uh, I can't know the exact number. It's like 110 episodes, I think. And then they were like, people were like, what's going to happen? Campaign 2 came out, it's whole new characters, uh, mm-hmm. but it's all voiced by them. Same cast. Uh, as Same before. world. Same world, yeah. So the, it's it's set, I think, 30 years after the adventures of the first campaign. Uh, oh, so same world, you'll see some NPC characters from that, that exist in both. Uh, it's a lot of fun for uh, critters uh, to discover that stuff. Matt is such a good DM where he, like sits on this stuff for years. Like, there's things that come out, like, three years later in Campaign 2 that he set up in Campaign 1. So, very fun stuff. Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. Ooh, okay, that's fun. Well, we got a lot to cover then, which I know is so is really exciting. So, I want to actually start off, before we dive into anything, I did some homework. I looked back at our last episode, and I was seeing if we had any predictions. And we didn't necessarily have predictions, but, Tommy, you asked for me and Evan's hopes for season two what we mm-hmm. wanted to see out of season two and so i have both these written down it's okay. kind of funny that's why i want to bring it up evan wanted less of an adult animation feel like less raunchy humor now how do you guys think they succeeded or failed in that mission in season two i, was, I think it was a little more tame it was tame I, not not tame but it was it, it was not as pronounced uh, yes. as maybe the pilot episode of season one was mm-hmm. um I'm okay with the level of, of raunchy humor there was. That was going to be my question. Would I have preferred less? Absolutely. Keep so cranking it down. Season less. three <laughs> or this other new series, whatever. Keep Tommy was down. very convinced after your, your want, Evan, that they were going to dole it back. He said, I have a feeling they will listen to the fans because we weren't the only ones saying that. And I, 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 I agree with Tommy. I think they definitely... Uh, uh, brought it back in a little. Um, what do you think about the raunchiness, the overall raunchiness of season two, Tommy? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. I think it's still there, but it feels less forced. I feel like season one, mm. if, especially in the beginning to introduce Scanlan, they were just like, here he is. He is the dick joke guy. And Anal I feel beans, like, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not I mistaken. Think, all, right. all right, maybe bring that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this Evan's time like, I well, felt like, on. well, actually. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this time they did a good job of like incorporating it into the plot and kind of also specifically with Scanlan into his like, it's a mask mm. almost, you know, building into that, that Scanlan backstory that we see towards, towards the end of, of campaign or t- towards the end of season two. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, I, I think it was definitely dialed back, but still a little raunch. Still, still pronounced, but that's their style. So you can't get rid of it fully. Now, this is the one I really want to discuss. Okay, try not to roar with a laughter after I say this. My hope for season two, I wanted more backstories. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) 
did we get every single backstory besides Percy? I <laughs> careful yeah. what you wish for, because uh, <laughs> that was maybe my one complaint of the season. Like, I, we went from one backstory of Percy's in season one to like bits of every single other person's backstory. I agree. <laughs> yeah. When you could um, like look at an episode and be like, "All right, here's our Keyleth backstory episode." Here's yeah. our Scanlan, mm-hmm. and and I think they could they did a good job of bringing in the other backstories because I didn't th- actually think from season one I was like it's a little too just Percy's show as it felt at times. I agree, this- I, and that was probably them correcting that feel. People were like, we only learned about Percy in season one. What are you going to do a, a season a person? And they were like, no, we'll no. do we'll everything do other five right characters now. get backstory. <laughs> <laughs> right now you um, get a bad story you so get a bad story i will say in the moment of watching it and because i was watching generally week by week uh, it didn't feel that way until i you know started thinking about the season of as a whole i was like oh we got every single person we got a bit of everyone's backstories it's some but like it did it really felt like way more spread out this time if it's a survivor season like the edit was way more balanced and so um, I'm sure there's pros to it, but I did think it was funny that, we, like Tommy said, uh, we had, uh, like, oh, this is the Keyleth episode. This is now Grog's mm-hmm. episode. Was that all the predictions? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we were pretty tame on them. And Tommy couldn't give any. Tommy knows what's up. Tommy's listened to this all. Uh, yeah. I definitely, like, know where they're going. I will say, and, like, overall with season two, I think they've done a really good job of adapting the campaign proper. Uh like we talked about, I think, the last time, it is two different entities. There's a lot that they've changed and tweaked, things that they moved up, relationships that are not, you know, like they were in the in the campaign. Uh, but I think they're doing a really good job. And I think to your point of, like, feeling like a lot of backstory at once, I think that is to that. They're trying to do enough for the fans that know this stuff. Mm-hmm while also making it digestible for new people to come into this world and these characters. And I think it's a really hard challenge. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's was the attempt. And so, I, I, like I said, I, I'm ragging on it because I did think it was a funny note, but I, I didn't necessarily hate it while going through. And I will say it, it gave me a whole new perspective. Like last time I was all Percy, Percy, Percy. This time I, I have a much more closer look at all these characters, and I think I have a new favorite, but we, we can save that. I... I uh, uh, we'll we'll go through here uh, some of them and uh, mine's a surprise. But so, um, Tommy, now I was telling Evan before we got here, you're our guide, you're our D and D, you're our dungeon master here. I, I know you had a bit of a plan. Do you want to walk us through how you want to cover this? Yeah, I I think call me Garmilly. I'm here to guide you through the the, the, the Feywild. But don't look in my book, please. Don't like you just don't need to look. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, th- I think first off, I want to get kind of your guys' vibes on, on season two overall. Like, what what did you feel compared, like, we don't have to get too into it, but, like, how do you walk away from season two feeling? Mm. Evan, why don't you start? I walk away feeling uh, probably a, about similar to how I walked away from season one, which is I don't mind watching more of it. You know, I don't have a voracious appetite for it. I... Um, but it's fun. It's different. Uh, I'd, I'd throw on a season three. Mm-hmm. For me, I, once again, just like last season, I love the action. We, we, it's very unique for adult animation right now to be so action and fantasy focused. So I really appreciate that medium. I do think story-wise, this bounced around a lot. 
I would find myself like from a, a week to week, I'd be like, hold on, this is not what we were doing last week. Like, how did we get here again? So I'd find myself doing that a couple of times, but I think that's probably a, a victim of them wanting to fit in bits and pieces of everyone's backstories, which like I said, pros and cons to that. So overall, I don't know if this is a hot take. I think I enjoyed season one more, but that being said, I, I did not not enjoy this season. Like, I, I still had a lot of fun. There was a lot of great action, a lot of fun uh, fighting. There was some things that were kind of predictable, which, you know, is a disappointment because I feel like in D&D &D particular, you can really have really unpredictable moments. So um, other than that, yeah, it was a very good season, though, and I'm excited to cover it. Yeah, I, I think I totally get where you, both of you are coming from. Of like the pacing, I think is the big thing. I'm hearing, you know, in the street, in the mean streets of yeah. Tadori, uh, <laughs> I'm hearing uh, all, all the, the the criticism is like it's a lot very quickly and it's going places, and especially it's jarring in, in the whiplash of season one being one arc over and it's like a very small arc over an entire season, as opposed to this is a huge arc. Like in, in the campaign. You know, the Chroma Conclave, obviously they're separating it between two seasons. Here, it's a huge amount of episodes. You know, four hours sometimes we're talking about uh, probably a good 30 or 40 episodes. That's a lot of content. Uh, and I think it's inevitable that they, mm. it's going to feel... They want to go places. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I think it, the pace is going to be off regardless. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, before we, we embark on this journey... With our DM Tommy, I, I you know for people who may be just joining us on this uh, episode of the podcast who haven't tuned into episode our, our first our season one episode uh, on Vox Machina, which was almost a year ago now, but mm -hmm. also uh, after our Avatar one episode, our very premiere episode uh, is our most played podcast. Uh, so if you haven't tuned into that yet, go back and listen to it. But for those who have forgetting a, a quick it's actually third for me sorry to fact check you it's third oh. overall let's get it up <laughs> luck is by and far our Ooh, most okay played i'm episode. not factoring in you i was just looking at podcast boys sorry <laughs> i don't i don't mean to be that guy you're taking that away from our first five yeah. times he's, he's not wow. gonna come you're back taking away my title you you gave my title in front of it's my dad silver. and now you're taking it it's away it's bronze <laughs> it's bronze everyone it's third it's it's still noble like relax yeah. okay i can hear um, the outrage already <laughs> so so yeah for for listeners who are just joining uh, mm -hmm. uh us now for for any vox coverage um alex maybe do you want to give us a, a quick refresher on what vox machina is and then tommy do you want to yeah. tell us maybe where we last where we left our heroes off at the end of season one critical role picture this imagine you're in a world just kidding okay critical role is a twitch stream of nine no seven eight around that number of voice actors playing D, D together north of five south of ten <laughs> sorry east i thought you meant least okay so it's led by matt mercer who uh, i think is a genius he's great and so they um we they they play for about three to four hours every week and it's fantastic and it's really fun and it's a lot of good time and <laughs> so, I'm sorry, so, Alex. I've told you before to turn off your autofocus because there was a I solid can't. five seconds you were blurry just now. But you're back. Sorry. You're good. I'm, I'm back. Sorry to interrupt. I can't turn off the autofocus. I love it. Okay. So, 
they, Critical Role, all of them, sold the rights to these stories that they were playing on D&D, which is just a fantastic, like, what an amazing story. They sold it to Amazon, and now they're going to have two separate shows, three seasons, and Lord knows just more and more and more content is going to come from them to Amazon. So that is Vox Mahina. That's what it comes from. It's their campaign one that they did a few years ago now. I have no idea. Long time, actually, I'm guessing. Um, but Tommy, that's why we've brought in Tommy. He's been listening. Tommy, have you been listening since the beginning or, or fill me in? No. So I discovered them during campaign two. Uh, mm, I went back and I've watched all campaign one, campaign two. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it now and I'm currently watching the campaign three, uh, journey yes. that they are currently on. But yeah, I think you nailed it. It is just cool seeing a friend group. You know, obviously they are very successful voice actors in their own right, but seeing them mm. succeed in this way and just being a like a group of buddies just making content is beautiful. It's mm. something I would love to have in my life. But yes, wink, where wink, they wink, are nudge, nudge. Nudge. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Uh, hey. hey, Alexa, if you didn't catch that. <laughs> but yeah, where are they now? Uh, and season one, we met the cast of, of Vox Machina, Vex, Percy, Pike, Trinket, of course, uh, Vax, Scanlan, Grog, uh, and Keyleth. I think what we know in season one is a lot of Percy stuff. We talked about it a little bit. They fought the Briarwords, who are a group of uh, vampires slash evil uh, witch uh, warlock uh, who takes over Whitestone to... Do something with this whispered one. We don't really get any more info on that in season two so far, but there was that, and uh, they did kill the Briarwoods, uh, for what we know, and it kind of ends with them um, celebrating. You know, the end of the Briarwoods. Whitestone is now free. They are here in Amman, uh, and it seems like Sovereign Uriel is giving up the throne. He is giving it up to the council, and then we see something in the sky. A bunch, bunch of dragons. dragons. Well, I was looking at our last podcast. We did say after they defeated a dragon, it was just like, well, guess what? More dragons. So, but I will say, I feel like they did a good job. It wasn't like they were just like constantly fighting these dragons. Like they felt much more um, big bad boss menacing. Like it wasn't like a quick one and wham, bam, we killed a dragon. Like there's a lot yeah. of work that like this dragon turns invisible <laughs> the main one that we're dealing with like how terrifying like a dragon enough is terrifying but now it's invisible fuck sorry pardon my french no and let's stop down there like I'll, I'll go through what we can do so to give the timeline of what i'm thinking i'll give little summaries of each arc we can talk about this in each arc's pack so we'll do one two three first but but before we even start let's talk about these dragons uh yeah i think to your point there was originally five Brimsight mm-hmm. is this young adult blue dragon that's the one we meet that's the david Tennant one also each of these dragons has a title given to them uh, mm-hmm. by the fear of like the public so Brimsight is the iron storm and you hear him say that in the in the original season was like i'm the iron storm but it's all the like, other ones are a- <laughs> ancient dragons <laughs> Uh, which is a huge difference in D&D. It makes them a lot stronger, a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. And to your point, they use magic. Like, all of these dragons, they're intelligent creatures. Like, we don't think of them as beasts. They're just as smart, if not smarter, than humans. So, like, they have everything humans have, but are also giant, scaly, 
they also Blizzards. have bosses, we find out. Not to skip to the end here, but like he was like, ah, I'm not doing my job well enough. My boss is on my neck. So dragons are pretty relatable. They, uh, they, they're just like us. Very sophisticated social yeah. structures. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, the other dragons we meet quickly, Borgol, the Frigid Dro- Doom, who is an ancient white dragon. Mm-hmm. Frost. Um, and then um- Umbersoul, who's the one we mostly focus on in this this uh, season, is the Hope Devourer and is an ancient black dragon. Oh, That's and the one he's... that spews acid? Correct. Yes. So, just so I'm, because Tommy's guiding us here, there was one that spews acid and then one that also, like, spits corrosive gas? Yeah, so there is, so Rashan, the the diseased deceiver, is an ancient green dragon and is the poison gas. So, yes, a little difference there. That was frightening, watching that gas tear people apart. But last dragon is just uh, Thordek, the Cinder King. Who's the ancient mm. red king? It's a pretty badass title. I, really, I like that. The Cinder King. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing, Evan. I love that. Okay. So we open with these dragons uh, really effing S up. They're just like, we're here now. Give us all your gold. Which at first, okay, I'm, I'm hoping, Tommy, you can clarify here. What a vain goal. Like, why, why do they need riches and gold and jewels? What are they spending it on? I'm so confused. Greed, baby. Yeah, dragons are super... <laughs> it made me question Smog too. Like, from, from The Hobbit. What's he... Mm-hmm. What does he want all this mountain of gold for? What is this about? So, it's... it's If I to want it to... So no one else series. can. Yeah, to fund, that's what it wants. His Thordark's like, hey, so Amazon, I want to make a TV yeah. show. Him and his money buddies can start a, a podcast. It's called the Chroma Conclave. Hi, <laughs> right, welcome back to the Chroma Conclave episode <laughs> four. Today we're talking about building up your finances and hoarding wealth. <laughs> Him well, and Bezos you know, got a lot in common. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. they, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's a little mix of vain. It's a little mix of like, uh, I I want this nice things. Nice things belong to me because I am the mm. superior uh, but I respect we, that, and we kind of see at the end though there might be another reason he wants this gold. We, you know, at episode twelve we'll get into it's hinted. We, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, but yeah, let, so let's you want start this you want to go by like threes, right? Let's. What happened? Give us the overall one through three. Fill us in what we're seeing here in the first couple episodes because that's how they release okay. it. Here's my quickly written summary. Hopefully, it makes sense. <clears throat> episodes one through three, dragons attack. Sovereign Uriel is dead. Vox Machina makes uh, makes to escape the city, avoiding many of the dragons, and they make it to Whitestone as their home and Amon get destroyed. Mm. Episode nice. two, they then head to Vasselheim to get help, denied because they're jerks. Then they meet the Slayer's Take, which is a monster hunting guild. They meet mm. Zara and Kasha. After a rough interaction with them, they then meet the patron of the Slayer's Take, Osa, a giant sphinx who roasts Vox Machina. Grog meets Earthbreaker Groon and fights him to find where his strength lies. Grog loses and is now on the path to find his strength. The rest of the game discovers about vestiges from Osa and go to find the Deathwalker's ward. Episode 3. <laughs> Party goes to Sunken Tomb and Grog gets a beard. Party splits. Twins get backstory. And then they discover the tomb. Percy touches armor while Vax was away, and Vex is dead. Mm. So I think this is where 
the ju- the the juxtaposition or the shift in, in in pacing between seasons one and two got me. I I am at times known to be like a half viewer of dare. things, and you know. So the fr- I, and I went back and rewatched all these early episodes this morning. So you know, I, I wanted to freshen up on it. But the first time I was walking through, I was like, first episode, Dragons Tech, cool. You know, I might have been scrolling on my phone for episodes two and three, but I was like, "What the fuck are we doing now?" Like, <laughs> like we we were talking about dragons, and now they're we're looking through a tomb. Um, but then it ends like the 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 vestiges is sort of like the the MacGuffins of the season. Like mm-hmm. there were five. Um, which Why aren't there we can, seven? We can unpack a little bit. That I don't know. That felt a little paint by numbers for me. It was like, all right, now there's five, and so throughout these three episode sets it's like all right now you go get yours and you go get yours and and this one will whisper this to you i'm just saying that's where maybe the transition to television or the different format doesn't translate as well um you know a minor nitpick but the the first couple episodes that i rewatched this morning are very fun Mm -hmm. uh and our vex and vax the first backstory that we get yeah, because this is such a big part in the campaign. Like, th- this is what happened in the campaign. You know, obviously we the dragons are intense, but the big thing here is the sunken tomb, uh, the the place where Perban uh, is, lies, and they they get the Deathwalker's ward from, and and that is how it happens. Tullison, who plays Percy, just everyone's kind of talking, and it's a nonchalant thing where he just casually is just like, I go up and touch the armor, and Matt's like, you touch it, and he's like, yes, and he's like, cool, I need deck saves from Vex. Uh, Percy and Trinket, and and what happens is yeah, Trinket does fail, but I think that Trinket just dissipates, comes back later. Trinket's a good boy; he'll be back. <laughs> but Vex gets down to zero, and this specific spell. There's certain spells where you get a chance to revive, and you, and you get like death saving throws, as, as uh, Alex is familiar with, has, has mm-hmm. probably rolled a couple, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no chance for that. This was an auto insta death because of the magic, because it brought her down to zero in that way. And Vax comes back, and it's so sad. Liam is sobbing, and I think they, like, they, I mean, that's, Liam sobbing at the end of episode three is terrifying. It's so sad. That's the thing we are missing, Evan, is they get real into the acting when they're at the table, and they'll, they'll, they'll cry sometimes. Fair. You know, I'm, I'm not viewing it with that additional context, so, you know, any of my criticisms <laughs> don't have that attachment Take it with, you know, take my... my oh, my and I am heavily biased, so take yeah. that with a grain yeah. of salt as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, the, they get the first vestige here in the tomb, though. This is the one that, um, and I'm going to mix up their names. It's What's just name? a, The Maven of Ravens or something? Or yeah, Matron of Ravens. The Matron of Ravens. The Maven Ravens. Like, she's a sports team. <laughs> Do you think she's she has? Like, guess what, what if the gods Vax? had sports teams? Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what, Vax? You're on the Matron, the Maven Ravens. <laughs> so I guess we don't really know what's going on at, at this point of of the season but each of these vestiges which are these like celestial weapons or god killers or something there's like a uh weren't they like made in the big bang or something or like they're like older than the world i don't know know yeah and that's a little different um Mm -hmm. and and like yes that is like what they're saying They, they change that in the campaign it's they're made by the gods to fight uh for their champions to fight um in the calamity 
okay. which is a huge event. There is a podcast called Calamity that they did, which was a four-part oh. miniseries. Very good, uh, and, and kind of goes into the falling of the world. You know, like many worlds, there it's a wheel of time, another great show, but a wheel of time of there was a technology was advanced, things were great, and then people messed with it. Um, <laughs> and in doing so, released the gods on the world and the betrayal gods, which are evil gods who betrayed against them. And so there's a whole thing there. There's a giant war. And so these vestiges were basically made to fight in this war. And so, yeah, each god kind of has their at least good god. And betrayals have their own vestiges, too. Evil uh, vestiges. Mm-hmm. Give me one of those. Wait, is the sword... Grog's sword, is that an evil vestige? No, Craven's Edge oh. is a, a different thing. I believe Craven's Edge was like a great warrior back in the day, basically transformed mm. into a sword, oh. and is now hunting for blood and, and hunger to be Extreme hunger for blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's Grog's whole thing. I thought the season, in the beginning, because I'm picturing season one was Percy, I thought this season they fooled me. I thought it was going to be a Grog season, which... There was a lot of highlight on Grog, but with the sword, I thought it was going to be a, a, a Grog-focused season. Yeah. yeah, I think, to me, the big ones, Vex and Vax, definitely big. Vax with the whole uh, Death Walker's Ward and what this means being the champion of Ravens now. But I think uh, Grog definitely got some big stuff. I think the people that I feel were backseat this time around is Pike mm-hmm. and Percy, definitely. And then a little bit... I wouldn't even see Scanlan because he got some huge moments towards the end. Maybe I don't think you can include Scanlan. I think it's only yeah. Pike and Percy, which they're the two who had like stuff Big going moments, on in yeah. the first season. Yeah. They yeah. very deliberately, and we even got a little bit of Pike's backstory here. Like Percy was like, boom, sidelined. I was gonna say this season felt a little bit like um, w- when you get into a new uh, uh, town in Pokemon and like your your starter is a pretty high level because you've been using him to cut through the fields and get to the new town but like the rest of your party isn't ready for the the gym trainer yet or like to make it through all those battles so you gotta level everyone up no and i think you nailed it evan like that kind of is what it was in the campaign like they did the briar words and it was like okay what do we do now they were kind of talking about breaking up and matt's like cool these dragons arrive into town and grog goes to hit them and Matt's like he's like 19 he's getting ready to roll the damage dice and Matt's like doesn't hit and they're all like a 19 which like you know a dice only goes up to 20 obviously you can add modifiers that make it go higher a 19's pretty good and it yeah. doesn't hit a dragon they were like we gotta get out of here and we gotta level up let's get some magic items baby <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that that is a good summary of what they do. They break out and they, they go find these vestiges. The first one they find is, what is it, an armor? Yeah, so, you know, we see what it does. Just these vestiges like- have different modes. So it's kind of like, think like with Pokemon, there's different evolutions. Oh. There's Awakened State. Um, there's like another one uh, right afterwards, which we see Vaxes kind of do. But they have each, each step has a new power that it gives them. And this one, it's it kind of looks like haste, which he gets... In another way, in the campaign, through a, a haste, boots of haste, which are OP and should not be allowed, but they end up moving it into his armor here. Which, That's how he gets uh, the works. super speed. And yeah. in D and D, if you can move fast, essentially the the haste boots, the boots of haste, you get like a second turn, which is actually very OP in 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 D and D. You're moving lightning yeah. fast. 
Which looks cool yeah. when yeah, he first dons it. the new armor. Phew. He's zipping around. Love the noise it makes. Uh, anything else in three, one through three that like, you guys want to touch on? We got uh, Will Friedle, uh as Kasha, mm. his character from it. So mm-hmm. that was his character in the campaign, Kasha and uh, Zara were uh, is Mary Elizabeth, I believe, who is their is their voice director as well uh, oh, cool. in the campaign. But she was. She was also a character, and uh, yeah, I thought Kasha was a great addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, so yeah. I, before we move on, I guess, do we want to talk about what the Mistress of Ravens represents? I was a little confused mm-hmm. at first because it's like Vex uh, is uh, is dead at one point. Sorry, dead. spoiler, it's dead. Uh, and then Vex sort of makes this bargain with the, the Mistress of Ravens where he says, take me instead, and... She drops Vax's soul back into her body. But that doesn't take Vax's soul, but instead imbues him with... It's like with... a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you, I own your soul now? You're going to do my bidding on the mortal plane. Am I right, Tommy? Yeah, and I, I think that he's still discovering it, right? Like, And that, that's kind of the campaign for... Or the campaign, the season for backs is kind mm-hmm. of discovering what the raven is i think why he's not dead. uh yeah why he's not dead and and i think this is mm-hmm. such a big moment of like he does this in the campaign he he says that that phrase you know take me instead you raven b word and uh the i think they portrayed it well this idea they're really pushing these threads of fate mm-hmm. um, these gold strings we see them in the intro and we we get a lot in this season about what do mm-hmm. these mean is everything faded in you know in this world in all worlds is, is all this to come and we see her rip the thread from vax to vax that's important i think there is a disconnect now between vax and vax there was a connection and to me the Raven Queen took that. Like, she is now attached to Vax. She, like you said, kind of has his soul to a degree, and he's her champion. What that means, and, and for how long, for, for what that I think we get to see. You know, we see these visions, uh, and starting in, in four, we start to see visions of, of Vax uh, with dead people. So, like, mm-hmm. I see dead people is happening with Real Vax. Six sense, yeah. 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 So I think that's kind of like the the mystery of it is that. And I think there's something spooky about death. And I think we find later on that, like, there's spooky. also a beauty in death, too, you know? Oh. Spooky, not scary. True. Yeah. <laughs> not like Saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I really like this next three batch of episodes, though. Um, and I'm probably skipping, I think, to the middle here. Because uh, this is where they go fight the Cinder King, the, the dragon uh, of fire. And I really like the little bit of backstory we got about Keyleth because in a thing that was like over the season was so backstory, I really appreciated that hers was just kind of like and like not the main focus per se, because I thought that probably uh, some of these should have been less main focusy than they were. Um, but I really liked uh, um, her not being able to do fire. She's on this trial to go master the the four elements. It reminded me very much of Avatar. I was like, Yeah, was she what? the Avatar in season one? Yes. Like, I thought she just made plants grow. <laughs> well, do you know? Okay, so we see her mother in the beginning of uh, episode five. Do you want to know who the voice of her mother is? Who? Cora, baby. Oh, that's. Great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's and I believe great. her dad is also a big uh, voice actor as well. But so Tommy was telling me she 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 loves Avatar. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, that inspired that her sense. character. Okay, yeah. 
And you so know who she's... also loves Avatar? James Cameron, apparently. <laughs> 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 and That's then good. the the Fire Nation attacks in Avatar three or three. four or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I digress. I digress. But to me, this wasn't, I don't know, like a one-for-one beat. Because like you said, she does plant magic. She She's like the master of nature, it felt more like, than, than the Avatar mm-hmm. mastering four elements. But I like that she was supposed to be on these trials, but she's just been like drinking and fighting and partying with her friends. <laughs> like That is so funny to me. And she's like, yeah, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my trials. Like, yeah, everything's good at school. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Yeah, it, it's good stuff with Keela. I found out her dad voices Hulk in a lot of properties. So it was like oh, her Hulk dad's smash. the Hulk and, and uh, her mom's Like Bruce Avatar. Banner or the Hulk? Uh, <laughs> Are there two different the Hulk, performances? I think specifically the Hulk. Okay. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, I will not be playing Bruce Banner on this project. <laughs> That happens like that's gonna make a difference on what he's saying and how much of it. Yeah. <laughs> First Bruce that's Banner talking about gamma radiation. <laughs> I think the Keyless stuff here works, and I think it works also because it does push the plot along a little bit. It gives us a backstory on Cinder King, how he was trapped in this fire plane. Somehow, someone we find out let him out. You might have an inkling, you know, we've seen oh. I didn't mention in the last arc we saw a green-eyed girl. That's kind of mysterious. Oh. This green-eyed girl in Whitestone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can picture who you're saying. Didn't think about that. Interesting. Uh, but I really like the fire dragon. I'm a big fire guy. I like when Keyleth finally masters her fire form. Love when she just oh, yeah. Johnny Storm flame on and fucking takes on everyone. It's great. Yeah. Do you want the, the quick sum for the arc? Yeah, yeah. Hit us with it. Okay. Episode four, Trinket's Backstory. Uh, Trinket's mom dies. (laughs) Vax makes... See, even Trinket got a backstory. That's how much they were throwing backstories around. I do appreciate that. Um, Something you brought up on Vox Season 1 episode, the Trinket Pokeball. I was like, oh, I know what they're talking about because Tommy prepped me for this. So that was cool to see in the series. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. And it was cool how it came up. Like I didn't you know, there's so much and please stop me if I'm going off too much. Uh it's what we're here with for. Cash and Z, with Cash and Z in this Pokeball, like it's different. In the campaign, the, the Pokeball type thing is actually Purbons. It's part of the armor. And because he has this dire wolf or like a wolf that he carries and that's how what he used. And so, mm-hmm. like, they were like, oh, this is perfect for Vex. You can use this for Trinket so that Trinket... Because they're constantly worrying about, like, Trinket, can can Trinket climb this ladder? No. <laughs> what do we do with Trinket? All right, you got to stay outside the tower, I guess. <laughs> can Trinket go in the bar? No. <laughs> like, yeah. I also I also did pick up on more of, like, the door jokes this time. Like, there's, yeah. there's a moment, I think maybe when they're entering the tomb or something, where Grog is struggling to open and Percy or someone's like, it's a push, not a pull. It's or, a push. It's great. Yeah. Or something. And in the beginning, they get saved by a door, and they're like, first door to finally help us. I noticed that one too. I was like, oh, all these door jokes. Yeah. There wasn't as many like obvious ones this time, but it made them almost funnier when, when I did catch them. But it's all different. Like, Cash and Z are their friends in the, in the campaign because they're friends in real life. They didn't really play that down. They were like instantly like best friends. And everyone's like, this is where you just met these people. And so I liked that they made them more like enemies that became friends. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, 
Go on. Trinket backstory. Vex makes deal to bring Vex back with the Raven. Cash and Z suck, and they let out a beholder, who definitely isn't a beholder, guys. It's definitely not what that was, but definitely clearly trying to be a beholder, but get around Wizards of the Coast and, and trying not to pay extra money Copyright if case things go south. <laughs> uh, the gang all gets petrified, and Vax has scary nightmares. Ooh. Fights Were Purvon. scary or spooky? We gotta define it. Spooky. They were a little spooky. <laughs> Fights Purvon and the old champion of the Raven, but gives up and fully becomes the champion. And now he goes fast. Defeats yeah. Beholder, who definitely isn't a Beholder. Definitely not a Beholder, but definitely a Beholder. Then that gets us to episode five, like you were talking about. It's the Avatar. Vex gets a flying broom. Keyless becomes a fire mm. elemental. Someone yes. releases Thordek. That's scary. Episode three. Osa's mate. We're going to meet him. He's Cammy. He's here. They decide to uh, not please the Gorgons and fight them. Instead, they decide to wound Cammy and for the first time. All of Box Machina fails, but our good man Scanlan tries a sick love ballad to get to Cam's heart. Scanlan gets Myth Carver, and now he sees two other vestiges, but Sad Boy Umbersol shows up. And he wants the vestiges and kills Cam. Everyone's sad. Grog goes mad and stabs Pike. Whew, yeah, you covered a lot. I already talked about, I love the fire stuff, the fire avatar. The other part in here that is just, like, fantastic was the giant sphinx. This one was Cammy, you said. And this is the one they're like, you, you need to hurt me if you want to get this vestige. And uh, none of them could physically hurt him, but so Scanlan sings a love song and he he hurts him emotionally i thought that was great i mm-hmm. thought that was beautiful you didn't like it ever you like that part uh it was fun this so the the second sphinx was that the same voice actor as the big owl in avatar the last airbender oh. in, in wuxi tong's library it sounds like him. i believe it is tony plana who was the dad in Ugly Betty, if you watched Ugly Betty. Can't say I have. Um, so, <laughs> it's a show. Yeah, no, I know it is. I know, I know. So it's so, not the, the Not the, the big same owl. voice. Exactly. Not the same. Damn. Yeah. It's always um, cool when that works out, but unfortunately, it was <laughs> not every time. Dark. Yeah, the, the, the Sphinx, I really like that uh, Scanlan was like, well, obviously I'm not going to be able to physically hurt this, but he was their last hope. And uh, I really like how that played out. And, and, and the Sphinx was crying at the end. He's like, oh, my one drum. The song was a bop. I yeah, thought. it was. It was I really song. liked the song. Major illusion he used, you know, giving some, some nice visuals, some laser effect visuals. I thought it was, it was a solid time. It was beautiful. Hmm. Would have made me sob, too, in the moment. Yeah. But it's one of the few times we see Scanlan really useful to the group. So I, I appreciated it. And he gets emotional with this strange Sphinx. Like, he talks about He's like, I just want love. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I just... I want someone to love me. You know, we heard it from Osa earlier uh, when she roasted them, when she was like, (laughs) no one cares about you, not even me. (laughs) Not even me. Um, Yeah, and that's kind of Scanlan's whole journey is like uh, looking for love, but realizing, uh, you know, he's got some some of it staring him in the face. And he's always running from love like he's i mean we'll we'll get into it i know i'm jumping ahead here but we meet his daughter turn (laughs) (laughs) i knew evan okay wait i'm gonna make two predictions evan hated the scanlan and his daughter stuff and evan hates that everyone is coupling up i didn't really care or mind the second one Mm. i didn't hate 
the Scanlan's daughter stuff. It was just a weird twist. I was like, oh, it, are we doing old boy now? It, uh, it got weird. It was strange. <laughs> it got weird. Uh, I just wanted to mention, with, we can transition into the next arc, but with five, did you guys like the Craven Edge uh, <laughs> grog pooping and, and the nice Scanlan poop accompaniment that I now request all my friends to play uh, poop music <laughs> while I'm pooping from now on? Yes. I, I I enjoy the music. I think so yeah. and uh, any poop joke, of course, I think is hilarious. I also think Craven Edge is interesting. Like, think about it. This is like a very powerful, charming sword that is trying to use people to manipulate them to get things. And he gets the dumbest person in the world. He has a six. Like his stat is a six, which is a negative three. So every time he rolls something with intelligence, he needs to deduce three from it. Like he is a dummy. Well, he portrays that well. Um, did the did the sword help him grow that beard? Is that what was going on there? <laughs> is that how he got the so, beard? So some magic items here. So... Uh, the belt of dwarven kind is what's giving him the beard. So we see him get a, a belt from Gilmore uh, early on, and that's what only gave him focus the beard. On, so they only focus on this. And what it is, it's like he's got a fifty-fifty chance of getting a beard each day. So it's like a big deal of like. Uh, <laughs> Travis is rolling this in the campaign because notoriously Goliath, which is what Grog is, is uh, can't grow beards, can't grow facial hair. So he's and excited. So it's like a big deal. Yeah, and he and he gets it. It's like a big joke. Backs at one point, cuts half of it off, and Grog is mad. He is big mad because he wants his beard. He gets that. it. It gives him other stuff. It gives him constitution, makes him a hardier boy. I believe he has resistance to poison because dwarves are Do great with ales. you say hornier boy or hardier? No, not okay. hornier. Oh, my God. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe, though. Maybe? Dwarves? <laughs> question mark? mark. Um... No, hardier. Hardier. Okay. Yes. Okay. Clarifying. <laughs> but the sword is what's giving him like strength. And blood so lust. each time, yeah, in the campaign, if he doesn't sleep, the strength continues. So Travis makes the who's the player who plays Grog makes the the choice to not sleep anymore. So Grog has like. Three points of exhaustion, which causes a whole, you know, this is real into the minutia, but it causes a whole bunch of things. He's, like, dealing with that. But he's got, like, a plus six or a plus eight to his strength, which basically is, like, ridiculous numbers. Because mm. he's just jacked out of his he's mind He's the sword. He's, he's, <laughs> yes. he's juicing. We all, yeah, we, yeah, I get it. Yeah. This season's brought to you by Dare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs. Don't yeah. talk to magic swords. Yeah. Don't um, just say no. This is your brain on magic swords. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like in this middle portion is like okay, we just, we're doing this vax dancing with the devil dark weapon storyline. We also have this grog dark weapon storyline, and then in a couple episodes, I think we have a, a vex having visions with a dark weapon episode. And yeah, I mean, I said it before, but it's like this is where I feel like it doesn't. The, the direct translation of D&D doesn't always make for great television. <laughs> it's like... No, and that's and, and maybe creators being too close to their own, you know, their own content. Like, they made this stuff so they feel very personal attached to, like, this mm -hmm. has to be in, this has to be in. And it's like, maybe one of these could be cut because you're double doing it. Even though both things happened over a longer period of time, put next to each other, it feels like you're saying, like, 
we're seeing the same thing in three, you know, in very close like episodes. Back to back episodes. You know, <laughs> I got a question for you, Tommy. Now that I, I know, like, Campaign 2 is going to be its own TV show, knowing where they are at in Campaign 1, how many more seasons are you predicting? So, without, like, getting into the specifics, I could see... So, right now we got two just finished, three is being made right now. Is it possible they like know... Three- that they have a limited number of seasons to fit everything? I think so. I think four or five is going to be our sweet spot. I think if I had my way, I would say let's do five. That means there's going to be four. That's my guess. No offense. I think there's going to be four, but I think I think to do the campaign they want to, it's going to be five. I think it seems like they got Amazon in their back pocket, though. Like I will say it well, seems like Amazon's... I'm just, that, hey, I'm calling my shot. They okay. just got a first look deal. They got all these things. It seems like Amazon is pleased with what they have been producing. Tommy's trying I mean, to James they, Cameron this and, and come back three more times. For <laughs> <laughs> I think if they wanted to be like, hey, Amazon, we really need one more season of, of season five. I think Amazon would be like, why yes, Critical Role? Here you go, another season down the block. That's how it's. That's Amazon's voice. Okay, okay, <laughs> I get what you're saying because I was just thinking. I was like, it does feel like they're rushing. Maybe some things. Maybe they know they only have three, four, yeah. whatever seasons. But so Tommy's guessing five. Uh, I'm, I'm a my my hope is four. five. My guess is four. Like I do agree <laughs> with you on four. Yeah, because then they also got to do the Mighty Nine, which could go three, four seasons. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot to be working on at once. Yeah, I think it'll be around for a while. Just because Amazon is desperately looking for their hit, you know, it's a drop in the bucket of however much they spent on Rings of Power, which was like billions, it's like the most expensive yeah. TV show of all time. Did it flop? Uh, I didn't finish it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it flopped, but it okay. didn't receive like critical acclaim. It was fine. I got it was, you. It was um, like a, yeah, it, it was fine. I think what was, I always appreciate. Beautiful about amazon is like this and the boys they're not afraid to like really push an animated property invincible invincible oh yeah oh that's what i meant not the boys they're very similar i'm so sorry i meant invincible <laughs> yeah, yeah that animated the boys special it was uh, so well they good. did yeah they did do yeah. an animated yeah. boys special you're right and um maybe, maybe, perhaps this is a. I don't think there's necessarily a common thread through all these, but one of the things that I don't necessarily love that I think I see in Fox and the boys and Invincible is like the gratuitous levels of violence and and like raunchiness is a little less so in in this world. Yeah, I'm clutching my... No, it just, at times it, I don't know. When one of the Goliaths snapped a child's neck... I was like, oh, I was like, whoa, that was probably the most like for my. I think that like there's times and place for it, obviously. But at times I feel like some of it, it maybe I'm thinking more of the boys in, in Invincible, but it's, mm-hmm. I think it feels a little more for shock value than than mm-hmm. any storytelling value or anything. But that, that does, nothing to do with Vox. No um, pearls. Person clutched. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think they can. I think most of it is for story purposes, but I do agree with you. In general, I think Amazon is walking that line of, like, are we trying to be the gritty, like, all of our shows need huge amounts of violence just so that people know we're the we're the bad boy of streaming. Mm-hmm. Amazon, come over here. <laughs> Number one streamer, I think streamer, that's what right? they're going for. In the for. top ten list. 
It's because if you have an Amazon Prime account, you automatically get Amazon yeah. video, I've realized. <laughs> their, their biggest hit is two-day shipping, which is not even like <laughs> universal anymore. It's like Usually, it's like three to four days now. They don't get In Arizona, the there's, a, there's a center here. You can get a lot of things same day oh. still. Um, oh. But back to this well-made TV show that they've put together, Amazon. This is not an ad uh-huh. for Amazon. Speaking of ads, though, we're going to take a moment and hear from our sponsor. This podcast is supported by Lumina. Lumina is an AI-powered webcam that makes you look good on every video call. 4K resolution, adaptive color correction, autofocus and bokeh so you get that nice blur in the background, and of course, my favorite feature, the AI cameraman that follows you around the frame to keep you centered at all times. Zhuzh up your video calls and stop looking like dog doo-doo with Lumina. You can use promo code 2dudes for 10% off your purchase at getlumina.com. That's code T-W-O-DUDES at getlumina.com. Back to the podcast. And we're back. Wow, I love that ad. For, I bought you, 20. You put the discount code in, it's great. Okay. They're pretty expensive. Well, I hope you don't buy 20. <laughs> I hope you put the discount code in. Um, so... <laughs> I think this is a good transition Welcome back, to... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to our coverage of Vox Machina Season 2. We're here with Tommy Pazula. Also, I don't think we really introduced you at the top of the episode. I definitely Co-host did. I said five of episodes. Star, oh. Of Star Wars. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yeah. yourself real quick for, for a listen? No. <laughs> hey, I'm just a guy that came off the road. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Stop. I gave him so much due credit. I'm sorry. I, Michael O'Rear, I'm so sorry. Tommy is the co-host of a great podcast. Uh, one, me and Evan have been on a bunch. It's called Stark Wars. Please go give it a listen if you love anything Marvel or Star Wars related. They are the place to go. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I got excited. It was Tommy's fifth time. We got a cake. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I want a cake. So what's the next couple of episodes yeah. uh, we're looking at? Okay, let's move on. Episode 7 through 9. Here we go. Keyleth, Vax, and Percy go to the Feyrealm. Meet Garmili, a satyr who draws PG-13 drawings in his book. And we discover that Vex and Vax's home, the city Syngorn, is now in the Feyrealm. Grok, Pike, and Scanlan are dealing with Craven Edge, which is real bad and just wants to eat Pike's blood, which we don't love. Grog breaks it. Losing all his strength, he's Wimpy Grog, and a fun little travel song, uh, Making My Way, is played as Grog gets tortured, but they end up in front of a small cottage. Episode Mm -hmm. 8 deals with uh, meeting Vex and Vax's dad, uh, Slidor, who is Troy Baker, the voice of Joel, who, you know, obviously (laughs) Ashley Johnson is a... a, uh, is the voice of Ellie from The Last of Us. Vex gets a very fancy title! Then... Vex gets seduced by Sandor, an evil tree archfey, uh, but wins and takes the fancy bow, Benthris. Mm-hmm. Gurmili is the traveler. That's a big thing. It's just a note. <laughs> it's just a note. He's something else. Uh, on the other side, we see who's in the cottage. It's Pop Pop Wilhelm Trickfoot, who's played by the Fonz. A. I knew it uh, sounded familiar. Joking. I couldn't figure it out. Mr. Henry Winkler yeah. himself? I thought you were going to, when you said the Linklater joke, I thought you, you were setting up for Henry. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to start I love doing... Henry Winkler. What a treasure. <laughs> you mean the Atom Smasher? <laughs> Canonically? <laughs> in, in the DCEU? 
It's the best joke you've ever made, Evan, Thank ever. You. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, That's for all wow. four people who've seen Black Adam. <laughs> or the people who didn't blink and miss him in that movie. <laughs> Everson had more screen time than Henry Winkler did in that movie. <laughs> Everson is in the same movie as Henry Winkler. That's, that's pretty great. <laughs> Shout okay. Out. So, this... Pop-up Wilhelm Treatfoot. <laughs> uh, then they try to get Grog's strength back by sticking something up his butt. Hey, pay attention to how much butt stuff is mentioned in this. In this. Mm. It's all foreshadow for what they do later on to a dragon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Episode 9, Young Grog doesn't kill Pop Pop, but Uncle Kevdak tries to kill Grog. Uh, young Pike, with dark hair, uh, saved him, and now they need to stop Kevdak in the future, uh, who's his uncle. Uh, Scanlan sneaks in with the little beret and the dragonfly, mm-hmm. uh, and disguise. he meets uh, Kaylee. Definitely nothing weird going on with Kaylee in this arc of episodes. Definitely everything's okay there. Nothing weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Grog challenges Kevdak. All right. Where, this is a GM-packed. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what is the Fey Realm? What is a Fey <laughs> Okay. Yes, they have it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, how did that happen? Why are they there? Yeah. And this why is, <laughs> is a whole town teleported there? Huh? This is one of the moments where I look up from my phone. And I'm like, what is happening in this <laughs> show? Now, we me, and Evan, me and Evan have definitely not covered Strange World by Disney yet. It's a future <laughs> episode. But but if we had covered it, this Fey Realm is just like that. It's it's really... What's going on here, Tommy? So in D&D, uh, there's other planes. There's other realms. Uh, the Fey Realm is, is a thing that exists. Uh, Shadowfell is a thing. Shadow, ooh, spooky. There's... there's um, Evil planes, there's plane dimension uh, riders, there's people that can travel between the dimensions uh, okay. a lot. You know, that's kind of what we're seeing Keyleth do here. Is and that what Gamelli is? Is that what their name was? Garmelli. Garmelli. Is Gamelli a pasta? Garmelli is an arch fae, so he's just like more magically. The fae is like a, a okay. type of species. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're from the fae realm, you're, you're satyrs, you know, there is. Um, uh, Fern from Campaign 3 right now, if you're following so along, she's from the Fey Vex and Fey Vax realm. are not from the Fey Realm. That's just where their city is at the moment? Yes, yeah, so the city can travel planes. Uh, okay. It is, I think okay. it, I don't know exactly if it was like originally from the Fey Wild, but, it, but basically they can travel. And because the dragons got so dangerous, uh, their dad, who's kind of in charge, uh, made the executive decision instead of fighting with the rest of uh, the, the world... They fled to try okay. to prepare and eventually come back. The Scanlan strategy. Yes. Yeah. And so they, they fled to the world. And yeah, as you can tell, it's very kooky. Um, lots of, of trip. Like, it's basically like you're on a drug trip the entire time. Yeah. Uh, we see them drug tip. We see, uh, oh, yeah, Cheech plays the voice of uh, Trinket, sexy Trinket, as he, they're drug tripping. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious, actually. Um but yeah, they do a bunch of things here. They meet uh, their father. So yeah, like like I said, they're really just bouncing between backstory to backstory. Literally, now they're with Grog and, and Grandpa, where we're getting all backstory there. And we're getting uh, Vex and Vex. Boxed, backstory. Box story, sorry. Ooh. Um, <laughs> we're getting their backstory with their dad. They meet their half-sister, 
cute little moment where they uh, meet her and uh, give her a fla- uh, a feather, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we we only briefly caught over it, but uh, or went over this. But now we're talking about it. Uh, what do you guys think of Vax's flying broom, like a witch out of uh, Vax? Oh, where did Vax, that come yes. from? Was that one of the things one with the- like the belt? Dwarven belt. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So Gilmore, like we we mentioned in episode one, we didn't really mention, but Gilmore severely injured in the campaign. Definitely could have died. The Matt talks about it is like they had a couple of different choices they could have made in that very quick city escape, mm. and um, if they would have not went and investigated the store, Gilmore would have died in that battle in the city. Oh. Um, wow. Mm. He survives, and he gives him all of these magic items. Nice. Yeah, um, not to dwell on episode one, but one of the. It really just made me laugh because last time we talked about Vox, we talked about Vex's Peter Tingle, her her spidey sense, uh, and the episode starts with the dragons flying in, people screaming like ah oh, dragons, and then it cuts to Vex and she goes ah, and it's like it's a little late now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, guys, I sensed it. What's she wrong? She noticed them first. Yeah. <laughs> Is she like a fake fortune teller that's like, ah, oh, I saw I, the dragons here. Oh my God. The dragons are coming. I can totally sense it. Oh, there they are. Yeah. Um, the broom in the campaign is different. It's actually brought in by a guest, Chris Hardwick, who came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like from Talking Dead? He, your your yeah, idol? So his, <laughs> yeah, my... <laughs> but he, uh, he, he brought in with a flying broom... He fell into lava at some point, and during that period, Vex did some questionable things that people think should have uh, made her maybe chaotic evil at times because she decided to steal the broom, lie to Chris Hardwick's character, and tell him that the broom got destroyed in the lava when he fell in. And just stole it from a guest. So Matt had to be like, all right, I guess you have a flying broom now. Like, <laughs> let's work with this. Well, and the only reason they included it is it ends up playing a big part in the in the fi- in one of the final battles. Otherwise, they might have been like, you're not stealing Chris Hardwick's broom this yeah. time. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> was it another situation where plot campaign-wise, they just needed to be able to travel faster or <laughs> no, fly she after stole dragons? Because... Well, yeah, but then also Vax has a, gains the ability to fly this season. I don't know. Can yeah, he was like, he's her, super fast and can literal, fly. Literal plot armor, Vax. <laughs> <laughs> I think they wanted to give everyone like some sort of. Power you know, up. we talked about in the beginning. Like they're getting they're getting powered up. I think Pike's really the only one that we don't see a super, but she kind of got that last season, mm-hmm. and I think Percy kind of got his last season. Um, we're seeing like, you know, Keyleth gets fire elemental power. She can turn Mm -hmm. into this giant fire being. That's a level up. We see, uh, so I think giving Vex, like, obviously she gets the bow, but I think the, the, the bow and the broom, broom, the broom is such a big part of her combat strategy, like from this point on throughout the campaign. So I think it's hard to do it without feeling like you're changing the character. If she's not using that broom. Mm -hmm. Okay. I see. see. And and it's pretty cool. She's like, like her arrows are dope from. Her arrows are sick. There's one that looks like Combustion Man right out of Mm -hmm. Avatar. There's one that, like, grows plants and wraps someone up. It's really sick. So uh, no complaints on my end. So what's special about this new bow that she has? It's a vestige. So it's another vestige. uh, (laughs) But why? And again, it's like... it. Again, it probably is going to do a couple things, like uh, like like Vax's uh, Death Walker's Ward, where like it will be unlocked at certain points. Right now, what we can see is it seems to have different 
almost like Hawkeye in a way, like different tricked arrows. Like you, she can uh, basically infuse different things into these arrows. We see like an entangle at one mm-hmm. point. We see like fire. There's different uh, in. in those are different. Oh, so she's moments. infusing spells yeah. into those arrows. That's where you That lit. sounds dope. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Um, the Oh, I know what I was going to say. Watching this season. So last season was like, I don't know how to describe it. It just felt so a little more based in the real world, if that makes sense. And watching Percy like try to snipe these dragons like from afar <laughs> felt so out of place this season. <laughs> Yeah, Percy's a hard thing because it is, like, whenever you introduce guns into a campaign, it does take away that feeling of fantasy to a degree. Um, it's hard. He, I talked about this last season. He came from a Pathfinder campaign. They then decided to transition to D&D 5e, and so they've made Gunslinger a homebrewed uh, class that he could take, uh, part of the, the fighter class. Yeah, I don't but, hate it. It yeah. just it looked a little more out of place this season than last. Last season, it was fun. Last season, I think I said he was my favorite. I, I have a new favorite. Um, we're not there just yet, but we'll, we'll get there. I've teased it mm. twice now. Ooh, I'm, I'm titillating people. Stay till the end. Is it Grog? <laughs> You're so teased. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see, Evan. Okay. We've got so, like two more characters to go. So. <laughs> he might be the last one. Or no, I haven't said it yet. You don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I have a method here. Okay. okay. All right. Where are we? Well, at? We, Where are we at? Someone fill me. Let's touch on the Scanlan stuff of it all. Right? The Scanlan yeah. of it all. So they have to flee into this town. Grog is he, weak. Does he meet Keely? Is this her, his first time meeting her? Because they actually act like they know each other a little, and I'm no, sure she, rec- she go ahead. recognizes him. Okay. He doesn't, right? He didn't. And he's okay. just. She's just yeah. a town's girl. He's just a friendly guy. Okay. Just a small town girl. So. Um, <laughs> that's my dad and, of and course, this is weird <laughs> of course he's trying to bang her yeah uh, yeah so it gets kinky it, get, it goes and- pretty far for the knowledge that kaylee holds and <laughs> yeah let's let's touch down here and, and we can do a summary of, of to get into 10 and 12 uh kaylee and scanlan so in the campaign they've met a couple of different times before here it's also there's a lot that they had to change um i see I can stop down here and to tell you, so Scanlan's backstory, which has like kind of recently been revealed, but I think the cast knew this for a while, is just Eminem's backstory. Like like Eminem the rapper, like from 8 Mile? Sam was told to make a backstory, and he, and he said, okay, and he looked up Wikipedia, Eminem, Dr. Dranzel is his old band. Dr. Dranzel, Dr. Dre. Okay, okay. He discovered right. him. That's he has a daughter named... Kaylee, Haley, oh. like oh. Eminem's daughter. That's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, so that's the Kaylee Haley really sold me there. That's funny. <laughs> but that was actually accident too. Like Matt said, I didn't know this thing, and I named her Kate. Like Matt did that without, <laughs> oh, oh, and it just oh. like that's it just fit. You talk about fate threads, yeah, it just fits so well. That <laughs> before before Destiny. every role, the Scanlon voice actors like if you had. One shot. One shot. One opportunity. One, shot. One opportunity. To roll, to roll a D twenty. <laughs> but yeah, other than the Kaylee being like accidentally perfect, the rest was like Sam said. Like he's like I planned it around Eminem. Like that was his whole storyline. That was his, the the idea was he was discovered by Doctor Dranzel. Mm. Uh, but they changed that because they didn't want the focus to be on Doctor Dranzel and, and Scanlan meeting it, being like, "Hey, buddy, like it's nice to see you again." They wanted to focus more on Kaylee, and so instead they showed. Mm. Um, 
that being the focal point. My they first were- question to Tommy, though, when I saw this scene of, of Scanlan almost hooking up with his daughter was, <laughs> how old is Scanlan that he has this daughter? So, <laughs> like, yeah. in a legend hookup, it, he hopes it wouldn't get that far. He hopes he would have stopped himself. <laughs> Which yeah. he did. But So, in, yeah. in the show, canonically, he doesn't know her yet, right? No, in, no. in the show, this is exactly how it goes. Like he does, yeah. which we haven't even. Let's stop down here. The song they sing in the tavern. Did you listen to the after credits? No, no. They play the whole song. It's a song about masturbation. It is oh, a song I, about. I remember that self pleasuring. Well, and uh, Evan's like, well, hold on, let me go <laughs> check that out. All right, I'll be back in five. And it's a little <laughs> weird when you think about the fact that there there's daughter and dad mm-hmm. singing this song. That's together. why he thinks he's about to get lucky. Like, yeah. I know, I know. Um, yeah, it it was just it it was strange. It, it felt strange to me because it was like the plot of old boy, but like Stop. Kaylee knew. Um, Stop this bringing is, up my boy, please. <laughs> Great movie. By I the think way. in a way. Also, the Josh Brolin one, not not half bad. Stop. Elizabeth Olsen is in that movie. Oh, Obviously, okay. the original is a classic, but the Josh Brolin adaptation was. <laughs> I didn't know you were such an old boy fan. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Evan. I hear you. It's weird. I'm not yeah. going to sit here. This is like a. It's supposed to be weird. It. It's supposed to. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got into anime this year, and there's a couple parts that Briss had to tell me, this person is weird. Just accept they're weird. It is what it is. I think with this, it's supposed to be the transition of Scanlan of, Mm -hmm. this is a big thing for him in the the campaign. This changes his whole perspective of he now has this person to care about, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to let her down. And so I think we see the last of, like, his philanthropist, like, glory days. Um, But, yeah, the question of the age, 69. Is his age, uh, which is not that old in, in gnome years, but yes, he is sixty nine mm-hmm. years old. So they've moved Scanlan's uh, backstory o- uh, like away from Eminem now. Or are they just replacing it with Maya Rudolph? Well, they're not chasing. Uh, <laughs> they're not chasing Doctor Drizzle anymore. I just, I just wanted to make the Maya Rudolph Eminem show. Okay. Yeah, it's like, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let, let's get into this final arc, and then we can we can talk about all this. Yes. Find out Briz's uh, mm-hmm. favorite character, the big suspense that everyone's waiting for. Briz's uh, favorite character. <laughs> it's got. It's got to be. It's okay. It's Craven's Edge. I. We'll see. Wish we'll see. we would have spent this season on Grog's backstory. I'll say. Mm, I'll yeah. agree. I think if you just this zero in on stuff. Grog. Craven's Edge and then transitioned into the herd. I actually I'm gonna give Evan a hundred percent credit if they had made it all grog focused with pieces of the others, I think it could have been much more well paced. Yeah, they made Vax, I feel like the the big thing he, that and it doesn't work. He's too sad boy emo this not, season. Yeah. Not they tried to make him the new bone. Percy, but Grog should have been the new Percy this season. Yeah. And, and, and we get Earthbreaker Groom, Vax, like all this stuff with yeah. Vax could have been the the pike like the b story it it could have worked mm-hmm. well although i, I did love Keyless. let's get into I do, it i did love keyless backstory so i'm glad they didn't that out <laughs> you know like as long as, long as that wasn't when the focus she defeats cry. fire lord Oza. <laughs> yeah. okay we probably missed it but i gotta say my favorite fight sequence is is a keyless one she's fighting these tree spirits and she can open portals through trees so she flames up johnny storms it she opens a portal through one of the tree monsters 
runs, jumps through that, and jumps through both, it kills both the flame, uh, the trees through her portal flame. And I was like, that was, I was like, that was amazing. That Bravo. was the coolest thing I've ever seen. We haven't talked about it enough, but like the art, yeah. you know, last season and even this season, like you stop down on almost any scene, I would make into a phone. Like a, this is an honor for artists, I assume. Yeah. It's like I would make that into a phone background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is the highest of praise. Uh, yeah, the highest. I assume that's the highest of praise for artists out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Episode ten, Kev Deck fight. Mm. Grog gets his strength back. We get an epic, like, anime-style battle. Scanlan sings a creepy song with Kaylee and then tries to sleep with her. But it's his kid! Vax gets more moody and goes swimming in blood. Learns his job is to bring those to final rest. It's more balanced than just evil. And he seems happy with it. They then plan to fight Umbrasol, the evil dragon who's been hunting down all the vestiges. Scanlan is a bad dad. They fight Umbrasol and then he die. Trap kind of works, but then they end up inside of Umbrazil through the butt. <laughs> the dragon butt is not even the finale. Go on. Sorry. Nope. That's not the end that we're talking about here. Uh, episode 12. <laughs> they follow Umbrazil back to the lair. More epic fighting. Scanlan and Vax were inside of the stomach. Big fight. Scanlan uses Myth Carver. Kills Umbrazil. Everything is great. They're having a meeting. Oh, wait. Keeper Yenin is not Keeper Yenin. It's Raishan and Thordax having babies. Wow. Great recapping, by the way. Those were awesome three-segment. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Extra, extra. Guess what no. happened this week? Now, if you're listening to this pod and you haven't watched any Vox Machina and you're thinking, what is this show about? <laughs> Let me just reassure you. I've watched this season, and I don't know half of the stuff Tommy is talking about. The dragon butt. Okay, let's go over these last three. I, I think have some big highlights. Yeah, we talked about Tom Scanlan. Should we talked about should the we start with the dragon butt? No, 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 no. Tommy's favorite part, I think, of the whole season. Sorry okay. for talking out of line. Is the Kev deck fight? Am I correct, Tommy? I could rewatch that Kev deck fight a lot. Yeah. I think it's such a good combat. It shows like D and D turn order to like. What I really like about it is like we see like. It feels like each person is taking their turn. And even, like, Kevdak goes to, like, you know, in d, d sometimes you have to get out of traps. He's trying to get out of Entangled, but it fails, and it re-catches him. Like, stuff like that really worked for me. I think the music added this, like, epicness to it. Seeing them, like, again, I think the, the journey of them from, from season one to here, where it's, like, season one, they were buffooning their way through a lot of these fights. Their core, they're, they're like in sync now. They get each other. They know each other's strengths. There was a lot of really cool saving each other moments. Mm -hmm. There was. That's a great highlight. And I think the, the highlight of the fight as a whole, and I actually watched a YouTube video of like the side-by-side -side of them doing it in the campaign versus the episode. And mm -hmm. it's when she flies in on her broom and she pokeballs Grog and then flies back up and drops him to hit Kevdek. What's so great in the campaign is Matt does not understand what she's trying to do at all. He's like, oh, you want to put it? Yeah, you can put a willing person in there. And she, she, he thinks she's just trying to save him from all the action. But she's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to drop him on this motherfucker. And it's so great watching Matt put the pieces. To, like, it's fun watching them all put the pieces together as to what she's about to do. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that was actually a really epic moment when she dropped Krog from, from so high up. Does that become yeah. like a signature Matt, move? No? Yeah? Maybe? 
Let's see. No, I think it was one of those where Matt allows it this one time because it's a, it Matt epic. wants to see them do cool stuff, right? <laughs> and if they think of clever things, he wants to see them succeed because, like, that's the whole point of this is having fun. Um, they talked about this a lot of like not like the actual move, but a lot of like can Grog go inside the Pokeball? Well, yeah, probably. Like he's about you know, willing he's the same size as Trinket. Like willing creatures, like there's a lot that went into it. But this moment was so epic, but like it comes with consequences. Grout takes a huge amount of damage from the fall. Uh, so in it, it's basically like he cleaves Kevdak, Kevdak dies, and then Grog crumples mm. as well. So they both, you know, they kind of showed it in the episode, but yeah, like they both die. And it's such an epic moment. It, it the kill, the kill box as it's known, uh, is such a great episode of like. Combat got to the extremes. Um, it's the first time they use a full map with minis. Uh, Matt I notoriously like yeah, he, when he literally has a three dimensional thing where her broom is up here above the rest of them. I was like, that's dead on the on the map. They have a map with all the miniatures and all the villains and all their characters. He has like a plastic thing that has her broom in the air. Like, and he's like one, two, three. Yeah, it's about fifty feet in the air. I was like, no way. <laughs> Yeah, and he got toothpicks. He went to dinner with Tallison, and, and Tallison's like, "You." He's like, "I was wondering what you grabbed like all those toothpicks for at dinner the other night." It's crazy. <laughs> um, so Kevdak, there's this whole storyline of oh Grog's backstory. Kevdak is Grog's uncle. The herd is all yeah, one herd. big family, uh, and Grog ditched it because. He wanted to save Grandpa Pikefoot and yeah. Ringwinkler. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that, like, again, that, that was one of the more interesting backstories for me. Is this how they kind met. of family reunion? Why uh, they're BFFs? It's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. And Grog is as weak He's yeah. still skinny, Grog, at this moment. Yeah, and and just the Titanstone uncles, the uh, uncles, the Titan. We try this again. <laughs> And the Titan Stone uh, Knuckles, I thought were so cool. The way they showed them the, the electricity, like mm-hmm. the, the the sound when they impacted yeah. was so epic. But yeah, the Kevdak stuff really works for me as well. The uncle, like the plot of, it's a little like cliche, like this plot of like you were kicked out of the tribe and now you have to come back and fight for the, the right to lead. Uh, but I also think they did, they took enough left turns that it felt unique in its own way, too. Well, I like it was a solo fight, and then they were like, no, fuck it, we're all joining in. Like, that was a cool moment, too. And then they literally jumped. Like, the other, they hadn't seen the other four in so many episodes, and they just show up, and they're like, we're ready to fight. I loved it. I was all about it. Yeah. So at the beginning of the fight, he's kind of getting smacked around, right? Because he's still oh, weak. Yeah. Um, and then boobies. he has... You know, you know, he has that meditate, meditative moment where he recalls early in the season he met that one brawler guy, mm-hmm. Earthbreaker Groon. Yes, Earthbreaker mm-hmm. Groon. And I rewatched that episode this morning because um, the first time I went through it, I was like, did I miss something? Like, what did what did he learn in that episode? Like, I must have missed some profound lesson when I watched the Kepdak fight. And I went back and. He just he just gets his ass kicked and the guy asks him one question. He's, what, what do you ask him? What do you ask him? Yeah. He says, "Where does your strength come from?" And then yeah, well, he never tells he him. The, he never tells him the answer. It's not a. It's not well, a. Had to you, learn yeah. It. Teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for the rest of his life. You don't give a man a fish. Yeah. I, but I thought that was going to be one of those moments where it's like he learns a special skill from this brawler and and like that's what he unlocks in this moment. He but, learned where his strength actually comes from. Evan. Which is his friends, yeah, yeah, his yeah, buddies. Yeah. 
So in the campaign, this lasts a lot longer. Like he, basically, every time they go to Vassalheim, this this old man is like, "I'm gonna fight you, Grog," and he's like, "Okay," and they do these like little battles back and forth. Okay, and, he, and it becomes, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it does become like a bigger thing, and it's they like fight every time. I want to say, but he is very like ambiguous, like that, where he's just like, "You're on the steps now," and Grog's like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this." Okay. Like. He's basically taking a religious path without knowing he is, like the Stormbreaker. He's becoming part of them a little bit. Learn some monk skills, like this is a monk that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Big anime vibes from this guy, like in the they they Goku toned down pants. a little bit, but in the, in the yeah, he's got Goku pants, these giant beads that sat on his shoulders mm-hmm. in the in the campaign, like very anime like. But uh, I think they did it well. I do agree with you. I could have got more from Earthbreaker growing up, like you know the the idea of like. Pushing that, like, what he needed Grog to do was, you have the heart now. You you had the strength. You gained the heart from meeting these people. You mm-hmm. now have the heart. We now need to take away the strength so you can rebuild it mm-hmm. the right way. Because you yeah. rebuilt it based on rage and all this stuff. We need to now rebuild it uh, by you recognizing that, like, your strength isn't from being strong. It's from you protecting the little folk. Like, you know, you've been talking about this whole time. Now that we're talking about it, though, didn't Pike's strength also come from her friends? Is that a common thing? Maybe that, is that where all strength comes from? <laughs> Maybe we didn't know this. Maybe you know it was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, I think that's a theme in Naruto too. Friend. <laughs> Friendship gives you power. Um, I need to stop dogging. Hey, Dragon, people. don't worry. <laughs> I have so many. Friends. Don't worry, I got friends. I have so many friends you don't even know about. <laughs> um, no, but I did really like this fight. It's just the the stakes that were there the action like Tommy said there's a lot of helping each other in combos it's really smooth Mm -hmm. it's uh it's one of the better I mean this whole season this is one of the strengths of the show is the action sequences are 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 top notch so uh but this is one of the better fights so and it's I mean in any other season this could have been a climax and I think that's kind of what we're getting at is this felt like it was almost the climax of the season it was the an overarching Mm -hmm. theme but um, that's only episode ten. We still have two yeah. more episodes where they need to fight the El El Acid Dragon. I mean, this was by far the coolest fight scene in the the season. Uh, and you know, I recognize animation; they're like production budgets, and it feels like you know this this fight scene got a little more love, probably a little more budget than some of the other ones. Uh, it's it, it looks more like the actual theme song like level of of animation for the show i just felt that the through line of him meeting the monk to this final fight him recognizing his power yeah it was muddied it wasn't really there it was sort of missing and i figured it was probably missing because we're missing hundreds of hours of Of, of um, additional context yeah (laughs) so what what happens in the he he wins he wins this fight he gets yeah. the Titan Stone, the he Infinity the Gauntlets. Herd, the Horde? Herd or yeah. Horde? I keep mixing it herd. up. Herd. Yeah. I think a Horde uh, sounds herd. more scary. So he's the de facto <laughs> leader now? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. That's he how it He gives it up to the... Well, he gives it... He does, and then he gives it up because he wants to go adventure with his buddies still. Yeah. Uh, he, cool. he gives it to his cousin Sandor, who was already trying to fight his, his dad. Mm-hmm. But he never Sandor's did. Dad, so. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's not like in, in Pokemon, you don't beat the gym leader, and then you're like, I'm going to stay in Pewter City now and be the gym leader. <laughs> like He's like, I got to go. I need to pawn this title off on someone else. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's like, my cousin, perfect, uh, perfect egg example here. So, yeah, I, I thought this was great, it, but... 
like I said, I think you could have made almost a whole season around this. So it was a really good storyline. Um, and we're, we're getting here to the end. They fight this. They, they finally go back. Um, I think before anything, they have like the moral dilemma of should they run or should they like, I guess that's at the end of episode 11. Like, should we run or should we go on and continue to, to fight this beast injured? And, and I think a big one of the people that are talking about that is Scanlan. And, oh, yeah. and that's something to keep tracking is just how much Scanlan is like fighting these two sides of himself. This new heroic side that he's now becoming or this side that always wants to run away, that always believes uh, he can't win the fight. And he struggles with that uh because is it his daughter that sort of leaves him with that dig or burn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And so, uh, Scanlan, though, one of the vestiges, Tommy, fill me in here. It's a sword, but Mid-car. does it have the spell on it that it, it is like an immovable pole? So, yeah, so the sword she, he gets from Kaylee. That's a different um, sword than Stormbreaker? Uh, Mythbreaker. Mythbreaker. Mythcarver. Carver. So there's two Myth Carver. Yes, sorry, you gave me all. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Myth Carver is his vestige. He also has the sword from Kaylee that she won't take back because he touched it now, and she wants nothing to do with things that came from him. Mm-hmm. So, so that sword is basically it's in place of a couple items, specifically the immovable rod, which That's is a very iconic D and D item. Yeah. So if you place this sword, it will not move. So in the they did this in the campaign. They thought they did the immovable rod inside of Umbersoul. They didn't go through the butt in the campaign. They just dimension doored, but uh, the butt was I mean, way easier to. They ant manned it. Yeah. Some, some call theory. the butt the dimension door to the soul. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the they keyed it up. Scanlan was like, uh, "I'll shove this pill up Grog's butt." Like I, I know how to work both holes, like both ends or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just love Scanlan. But- like. His crudeness was, in like, his dirtiness was just much more matter-of-fact instead of, mm-hmm. like, trying to shock us in uh, this time, I felt like. It, it was more, like, natural than, like, yeah. here's a gross thing just yeah. to tell you a gross thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Myth Carver, to give you a little bit of that, it's given by the knowledge, the god of knowledge and stuff, which is also, like, connected to the Sphinx, which is also why, like, him and Cam's relationship makes sense because... Oh. Scanlan, like, without giving too much forward stuff, the knowledge, the god of knowledge becomes a big thing for Scanlan. This is definitely something he pursues, and, like, having Myth Carver makes a lot of sense. And we see it, like, it can it can sense the other vestiges. We see it both in his visions and in how Umbersoul uses it, where it, like, literally, like, shows you where they are mm-hmm. at all times, which will obviously be very helpful as they continue to look for, for vestiges. And then, yeah, there's something with the damage. It can do, like, extra damage, like we see. Obviously, there's an epic to to what we see with Umbersoul. Fun fact, Scanlan slash Sam uses this one time in the entire campaign. <laughs> Why? You know, I think Sam's a newer D&D player. I think he gets very used to the spells he's using that he just keeps forgetting to use it. <laughs> Interesting. I really like Sam, though. Throughout the campaigns, he's he's usually one of my favorites. Would you say um, he's your favorite character? <gasps> Oh, no. Are we still kicking that can? Not, not there yet. Not there yet. We got one more episode. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You guys are going to be so upset. Okay. So this last episode, they decide, Scanlan's like, we need to run. Let's go heal and come back. They're like, no, but he's going to heal. We need to take him on now. And he's basically outnumbered, and he's got to fight that urge to run. Even even all his friends are telling him to fight, and he's still like, no, no, we got to run. got to run. I mean, listen. It's a scary dragon. Yeah, well, it spits poison. I, don't know. I would be terrified. I can't. I can't. Like acid? You kidding me? 
can't do anything against that. So props to them. Acid rain, here it comes. (laughs) Good. Thought you were going to go Chance the Rapper, Acid Rain. Oh, no. Okay. And so... We're an Eminem rapper pod. We're a pro Eminem. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of action here at the end. It's it's a lot of chop, chop, soup, soup, up the dragon butt, sword. And mm-hmm. I love the sword in the stomach, popping out of the stomach of the dragon, uh, taking him on, chasing. It's good. It's great action. But uh, it's very uh, uh, rappy up of of, of this uh, Umbrasil. Uh, Matt does an amazing job of voicing Umbrasil. He... Uh, um, Matt's uh, one of the great voice actors. Uh, uh, through it. He voices a few different things, I think, correct? Yeah, he voices a lot of different things. He voices Craven's Edge. He's he's always around, but Umbrasil is definitely his big one, and he talks about it as, like, he, it's kind of gross, but he's like, I had it, I would drink milk before oh. every recording to give <laughs> that kind of, like, that grossness yeah. to Umbrasil's voice. Oh, my voice. God, yeah. I hate that. I, I could have gone my whole life and never known that. I would have been so happy. I don't like milk. Um... <laughs> That's a good fun. Fact, Would you say though. that's your favorite character? <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that your? No, I've got a proposition for there. you. If we're not yeah, there, what, in the spirit, we can be there. Of the show, we, that, we, yeah, yeah, let's. Well, we, let's do, we do want, it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, no, Tommy, what do you? I was gonna just real quick. Do you want to talk about the end? Yeah, like Thordak yeah. reveal and, and the Keeper Yesen, and then that. we can get to let's this big that. hype favorite character. I've got an alternative proposition for you. Okay, in the spirit of the show we're covering, what skill would this be? Perception. What what would I need? Oh, to you want to roll? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, Tommy, give him a roll, and and if he gets it right, I'll 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 answer it correctly. Yeah. So you're trying to guess off like you're trying to read his mannerisms to try to figure out. Oh my god. Uh, uh, what he which is his <laughs> favorite? I'm gonna see this as an insight before. check. All right, insight check, <laughs> Tommy. Insight you're gonna check. use or Evan, do an insight check. I'm gonna give you advantage since you've known Alex for so long. You can just read That's him really good. well. That's, That's good. Real, all right. So what? So you get to roll two rolls. Two rolls. And we'll take the higher. Yep. Okay. This is so exciting. Okay, you got a 14. First roll is a 14. That's pretty good. Go ahead. Second roll is a 20. (laughs) Net 20. Net 20, baby. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So here we go. Evan, because of your natural uh, skills of of, uh, observing me, you would obviously have noticed I left so many hints throughout the podcast. That my favorite this season is actually Keyleth. You didn't see that coming at all. I love Avatar, baby. I love the story. You'll never take it away from me. Keyleth was the most improved, in my opinion. I went from caring almost nothing about Keyleth to her being my favorite. Yeah. I feel like this season didn't do a great job of juggling the cast. Ah, But ready for this? I think Keyleth means Keyleth. Keyleth is about to be, be a big character. I'm calling my shot uh, for next season. Have you listened to the rest of it, though? No, you know? I have okay. not. All right. Nope, I don't Should we know. make our predictions yeah. now? We should. We not, well, yeah, well, let's wrap up well, let's the wrap last up. episode yeah, yeah. here, and then we'll do predictions. Okay. Tommy, how does this end? Uh, What's the cliffhanger here? I mean, I, I kind of understand. Which, which of the dragons was taking over the lady's face? It was the smog? It was no, a new one. Right? <laughs> Not smog. I meant like yeah, smog, smog and the fact that it produces smog. Yeah, yeah not, the fog. Not smog. Yeah. Yeah, it's smog from Lord of the Rings. They did a big crossover. Uh, Basically. He's like, watch out for hobbits. Yeah. Um, 
No, this is uh, this is Raishan. We we don't see a ton of Raishan throughout mm. the series. There's a couple moments where they're having dragon meetings and she's not there. Mm. They they hinted a lot. Like I said, the green eyed girl. Um, the, there's hints that someone let out Thordak blending in to the the air or to the uh, fire Ashari mm. uh, over at. And, and that was Raishan, who can, you know, as we saw with Brimsight, they can turn into humans. Mm, and, uh, good magical ability for right? a dragon. Mm. Um, but it seems this dragon is not pro-dragon. So all oh, dragons have dragon. their own personal interests. As it, <laughs> Get out of here. You did not just say that. <laughs> as they mentioned in the first episode, dragons... Don't necessarily work together. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal that these dragons are all working together. They also have their own interest. And at a certain point, you kind of could see the writing on the wall. They're probably going to break apart and try to get a Mm one-up. I don't think all of them were happy that the Cinder King is the Cinder King. And Rashan is one of those. It seems like uh, Rashan wants to make her own deals to, Mm -hmm. to end up on top after the end of this, uh, we saw Umber Soul's big uh, personal thing was the vestiges. He felt that was the way to go um, to okay. to you know succeed in this. And in Cinder Kings is what we see at the end here is there's a whole bunch of babies uh, uh, now in Oman. He's he's that's what so, he needed the gold for is is right. to uh, fuel the the babies. My complaint at the end of season one, I even mentioned it at the top here, is it was like we beat a dragon and then it was like oh more dragons is the cliffhanger. <laughs> They did it to us again. They were like, all right, we have four dragons here. And then they were like, the cliffhanger? More <laughs> dragon eggs. I was like, you're joking. Yeah. So Based on that, uh, based on that, my prediction Evan's is, like, I have a prediction. More dragons and even more backstory. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more dungeons, too. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> uh, um, no, but I... I that being said, I didn't actually make that connection until Tommy just brought up the dragon mm-hmm. eggs. I was like, oh, this is, this is funny. But. <laughs> That's funny. But I, I would say about Raishan and, and specifically with here we see it's Keeper Yenin. In the, in the campaign, it was someone known as Seeker Asum who was part of the council. And he was constantly helping them. And like the conversation is always, like, when did Raishan take over? Because I don't think she did it in the beginning. I think it's more towards the end. And uh, what does this mean? What is her? She's clearly connected to the group. She was the eye, you know, in the first ever episode of season one. She was the eye, we find out. Mm. Obviously, her and Keyleth seem to have some, like, every time Keyleth and her seem to get into a little bit of spat, keep tracking that, mm. I would say. And, uh, Interesting. Some other stuff with Raishan. Interesting. Okay. I, um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. They got me again. I, uh, I think I liked season one more than season two, but I think this had a lot of strengths this season, and uh, I'm I'm excited for more, knowing that you know they're going to have f- uh, six seasons in a movie. Tommy's prediction, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would have to agree. I enjoyed season one more. Uh, I think that you know, obviously they're trying to pack a lot of story into this, um, mm-hmm. and so a lot of it a little felt underserved. I loved the grog stuff, uh, so hopefully. Season three will give them room to you know, a little more breathing room. To, Who's your guy's favorite character? I, I shared mine. Do I have to roll to get this out of you? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, do you want to go first? Yeah, I would say for me right now, because there's so like, I think Scanlan for me a little bit. I like what they're doing. I think they're starting to transition them well, especially knowing where I 
what I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grog is someone that I have loved this season. I think, like, to your guys' points, the Kev yeah. stuff really worked for me. The plot of him being this so afraid, being the big guy who was so little, <laughs> so small, and, and the falling for Craven Edge really worked for me uh, this season. Yeah, yeah. Grog is my clear favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know, the one time I did do a, a campaign, I, I was like mm-hmm. a half orc, something half That's human. Right. So, so you similar, relate to him. similar. Yeah, I like the, um, I guess somewhat religious path he's might be going down. Mm. As is that like a brawler class thing with Stormbreaker? Mo- a monk. A monk. It's, uh, Earthbreaker Groon is a monk. Okay. Yeah, I like where that's headed and uh hopefully we get more of that do you have a favorite uh new new character we got a lot of new people we got pop pop we got kev deck we got kasha we got zara was there the the sphinx oh the sphinx i love the sphinx Uh, the sphinx or the the dragon umbrasil one of the sphinx died right is it the second sphinx that the second one died the second one definitely Mm. died yeah which didn't happen in the campaign, but we never see Cam again, so it's so it kind of like, all right, I guess. <laughs> a rewrite. <laughs> that, that's tough. I, I would say maybe the Will Friedel character. You know, he's a little sketchy, but, you know, they, they worked yeah. together, even though they sort of had competing interests. I like that dynamic. Um, can't remember his name. Gamelli, I like Scanlan's hot yeah. daughter. Just kidding. <laughs> so does Scanlan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Sam, and Sam, like, so I watch all the watch parties, and Sam recently talked about this. He's like, yeah, so, like, that was kind of hard because we get this actress in. I'm also the voice director for her. So I say, hey, you're going to play this scene where your dad's going to try to sleep with you. And I'm your dad. And I came up with this. And I came- <laughs> And I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is all from me, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that is um, a, a good pretty much wrap up here. I do, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy, I, I know. Uh, do you have predictions? That's what I was going to say. Do let's let's go through some time? predictions. Yeah. Uh, we already got the more dragons. That's written. That's our first prediction. <laughs> more dragons, more bags. Yeah. No, um, what, uh, Evan, I, I think I have a loose prediction. Do you, uh, you want to go or do you want me to go first? Well, just based on the rotation in season two, I think we're about due for some more Percy time yeah. in the spotlight. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of Pike in there, so you know. Let's just spin those wheels again. No, my um, my prediction. No, I'm going opposite of you. I'm going. Okay. I think it. I think I'm picking picking two that they're going to focus on, and I think it's going to be Scanlan and Keyleth. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the okay. leads of of this next season. Keyleth is a good call. Uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, hopefully, less with Shaolin the, Showdown with... MacGuffins. Um, <laughs> Not the Shengong Wu. <laughs> we gotta cover that sometime. We gotta cover Shaolin Showdown now. Oh my god, it's a great show. Wow, <laughs> throwback. Uh, yeah, I, I hopefully less paint by numbers, and you know, I need a, I need I a good that twist. Barb lovingly, yeah, yeah. Here, um, uh, what about you, Tommy? Oh, I guess you, uh, you yeah. know. What? What? Uh, I mean, can you, <laughs> you make have a? The full um, say. Can you make like a wish list? An, I don't know. Uh, what, what, can ominous, you give us? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you give us an, an ominous, ominous tease? Yeah. Your best DM ominous tease of what happens on our next podcast adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I have, because obviously I don't know what they're going to continue with, what they what they may use, what they may not. I think next season will. I'm hoping 
Create some waves in the group. Ooh. I think I think I would like to see some some tension. <laughs> I would like to see, um, you know, this is hard. They're doing hard stuff fighting the dragon. I think like as Briz, you you mentioned multiple times, like there's uh, not all the group agrees on what they should be mm-hmm. doing. I think that's um, something to track. I think this Thordex stuff, what this means in Raishan, I think is I'm very excited to see what this means. We didn't get a ton of her, you know, we really only got Umbrasil. Big backstory in, in this season. I would like to see some of these other dragons get expanded on, uh, potentially. All right. Okay. Good, good. So in the next one, we'll get Bad Navi. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> get out of here. This is not James Cameron Avatar Waterworld. Okay. <laughs> Tommy, I Tommy. have to ask. <laughs> is so, that a framed picture of John Stainless behind you on your bookshelf? Where? Uh, yes, yes, it is. It is <laughs> for the viewers in Rock Lee. In Rock Lee, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's not detract, though. Why do you have John Stamos there? I'm not interested. Uh, I'm Evan's like, I just wanted to know. If yeah, it was, listen, come to our. That's next my podcast. you. You tease us. Yeah, you tease us all, all the whole time with your favorite character. Mm. Mine is if you want to know why I have a picture of John Stamos, you have to give me on the next Ooh. podcast. Mm. And I'll, I'll, this, pop, I'll tell you, Alex, you got to roll for it if you want. Yeah, to <laughs> we'll get it next oh. time. No, I like it. It's a tease. It's a tease. It's a tease. Okay, I think this is a good time, Evan. You want to get into some news? Some just uh, general general news we have here. Yeah. Um, what do we? Do let you, me pull this up here. Go ahead. Okay. Start us off. First one is one I think you'll be excited about, Alex. It's uh, something you've been wanting and asking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. A John Constantine sequel, or maybe just Constantine sequel, yeah. starring Keanu Reeves, is said to be in the works. That's big. So, that's big. It's big. It's not in the DCU, I'm guessing, though, based on this news, but still Why huge. should be? I think it's all in the DCU. Um, right? The people who made the first one were definitely not part of DC, though. So I but mean, it's maybe a DC uh, property. It's a DC character, though. Okay. So by it definition. wasn't originally. It wasn't originally. They Are they bought sh- it. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's how they uh, DC has bought a lot of their characters. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. I would. I, I'm. I'm dying for Constantine to be in the DCU. So hopefully I'm wrong there. I love. I love John Constantine. So you don't need to tell me. I twice. don't. I don't think he'll be in like a Justice League movie. I'm just saying. It'll, I want him in Swamp Thing. Uh, okay. I don't think him in Swamp Thing are boys. I don't think. I don't think? see Keanu in Swamp Thing. Though. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. I see so, what you're saying. It's good news, though. Any Constantine's uh-huh. good Constantine. I've never seen the his, his first one. What did that come out like? Two thousand seven? No, I even think I think sooner, long before that. No, maybe not mm. long before, but I think it's before that. Yeah, it's 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 an old movie. It's good. It's good. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's good. You sound it's very like assured best. about that. It's not like the best movie. It's good. Okay. It's a good movie, though. Um, <laughs> here's one. I, I think this is exciting. Something we've covered is getting a live action remake. <laughs> And it's not the one Evan's thinking about because I know what he's laughing about. We got two news. Oh. The first one is How to Train Your Dragon is getting a live action <laughs> remake. I know. Exciting. Thoughts, Tommy. That's exciting. I was just talking about rewatching that trilogy uh, just yesterday. It's uh, more than a trilogy, Tommy. Let me tell you. The How, how to Train Your Dragons? What has it become TV since series? I've been gone? There's, there's like four or five movies and like two separate TV series. Probably some yeah. video games. Are we getting? Is it too much training your dragon? Is the dragon already trained? No, no it's how to train your dragon. No, so um, it, <laughs> I, I think there's a few that you would consider like direct to DVD more than anything. So I, I don't think mm-hmm. they were all released. Okay. But um, 
Yeah, there's a whole, there's a universe. I, I think I'm underselling how much, how to train their dragon there is. I have seen on TikTok, someone has modded the controversial Harry Potter uh, open world mm. game, whatever it is, with like Hogwarts how to train dragons. Oh. Like, <laughs> like a, what is the main dragons? Uh, toothless. Toothless. So it's like toothless wine around the video game. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to transition to the other my, news that Evan was laughing about. Yeah. So there was a casting announcement, but for me, it was also in part news that the project was being made. Mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis will star as Pleakley in the Disney Plus live action Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> when you think about is it, is Disney though, Plus going too far? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's I love pretty good Lilo casting when you when yeah. you think about it, though. Zach Galifianakis is almost perfect for that. He's gonna nail Pleakley. Yeah. yeah, you got that right. But like, huh? I think mm-hmm. it, Tommy hit the nail on the head. Is Disney Plus going too far? Crazy, 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 crazy. Okay, but uh, right. that was the news Evan started laughing at when I brought up yeah. live action. Fan cast Stitch right now. Oh. <laughs> Does he talk like that? It's me. Ohana means family. So he talks a little English. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're putting me in a tough spot here. We can can come back to it. We can come back to it. Um, That that question of whether or not Disney Plus has gone too far has, did did prompt uh, this memory in me, is that recently, I think Kevin Feige has been quoted in some interviews saying, the MCU is going to take some breathing room with yep. their. Is it specifically their TV projects? I think a so. More quality yeah. control. Yeah, and I think a big part of that right now is like in in the Hollywood industry right now, uh, visual effects are being worked to the brink. Uh, a lot of things is visual effects now, and uh, there's not. It's a very small group of people because it's a very hard skill mm-hmm. to learn, and so mm-hmm. it's not a lot of people, and I think it's very smart for Marvel to do this because there's been rumors for years how intense uh, they they put those graphic artists and, yeah. and visual effects. Not really rumors, uh, even just like testimony from yeah, the VFX yeah. studios. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, me and Tommy, we both saw Ant-Man last night. Um, mm-hmm. Let's give Evan. Evan, I think, is pretty out on Ant-Man from just what he's seen and heard. What? I mean, uh, how are you going to sell him, Tommy? Yeah. What? What? What are you? Uh, what's your sales pitch, or, or are you saying stay home? Listen, if you want. <laughs> Every great review starts with, uh, listen. <laughs> listen. Listen. Uh, I, I, we talked about this a bit. I think I'm a B on the movie in the sense that, like, I think it's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's trying to do two things that clash with mm. each other. Take the fun and the humor of, like, this... Ant-Man. The, of the Ant-Man movie, which, like, usually has nothing to do with the main plot of, of Marvel mm-hmm. proper. So it can do its own goofy stuff. And so that it does really well, but it's trying to do that while also a- trying to establish this big bad. Mm-hmm. And it just clashes with each other sometimes. I think that's really well. It was a yeah. fun movie, but like Tommy said, there's some parts that needed to be a bit more serious. It was better than Thor Love and Thunder, though. So okay, That was going to be my next question. That's, that was, I know that's okay. where Evan's going with it. All right. I'll probably see it. In It'll be out on Disney Plus do. in a couple weeks. So just wait. True. It'll probably be out by the <laughs> yeah. time I get around yeah. to seeing it. <laughs> and then they'll have the animated version yeah. of it too. Don't worry. It'll start <laughs> announcing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
but with I that get, announcement, O'Rear texted me uh, with Kevin Feige saying they're going to slow down their, their Marvel shows. He goes, they're trying to put our podcast out of business. I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> I did notice you guys are covering The Last of Us right now, week by week. That's neither Marvel nor Star Wars, but I'm here for it. <laughs> You didn't notice the uh, the marble figurine in the background of <laughs> That's that how they one episode it, of yeah. Last of Us? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, The Last of Us, I think they're on episode four or five now. No. Had four. They're about to air six tomorrow. Okay. All right. That's, sorry. You're so <laughs> you, far off. Earlier, you so just far said... Off. You, I forget. Where were you counting? Episodes or something? And you said, it's <laughs> no, either six, in the group. seven, said, eight, yeah. or nine. <laughs> Yeah, I said people in the group. <laughs> so I apologize for being off. It's either by episodes one, one through yeah. ten. <laughs> but Fair. Um, yeah, so you know, it's about halfway through the season. Uh, the the premiere episode was HBO's second biggest premiere of all time after um, House of the Dragon. But the interesting follow up to that is week by week, it's been it's gaining growing. viewership. Like. Sometimes over ten percent viewership, uh, which I find really incredible. Um, I'm really enjoying too. it so far. Uh, Same. Uh, we don't have to go too far into it, but like any any general impressions of it. If you're loving it, go check out Stark Wars coverage of it. They're they're doing yes. good coverage on it, so yeah. uh, you'll enjoy that. Yeah, loving the show. Absolutely. It's it's each week. I'm just like so enthralled with everything that's going on, and I Can didn't. Guys... I never played the game. Okay, I've never played the game either, Tommy. Tommy's you a gamer. Game? Yeah, I'm a, a gamesman. I'm a heavy gamer on this, and I'm actually playing. So each where the episode ends, I'm playing up to right now on a hard version, playing it all through again. <laughs> Tommy, so, I love uh, you. It's, it's but I have you're such a nerd, and I mean that in the best <laughs> way possible. What do you mean you're playing the game along with each episode? That's dedication. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, Tommy. I love you so much. Well, that's crazy. Because then I get to see the beats and be like, "Ooh, Ooh this that's is what a they little did different here." Yeah. I love it. No, I love it. I love it. Hey, that's I'm great. I I dive full into everything I love, so I get it. I just yeah. that like took my brain a moment to process. No, it's fair. And but but that all being said, um, adaptations are really hard, mm-hmm. and I think this is doing a really good job of mixing in new stuff. Uh, like episode three, yeah. which is almost entirely new stuff, and and uh, and mixing in the video game stuff. There's you know we talk about with Vox Machina of like watching things compared to the campaign. There's a lot of really good videos of Last of Us compared to like Last of Us video game, and some of them are like beat for beat the same thing. Like it's incredible what they've been able to do over there. Nice, so, nice, you know, loving it. That's great. Well, I feel like most uh, the gamesmen love it too. So, good sign of a good adaptation. So. I think uh, this is probably a good place to, to wrap us got, up here. I got one more story. It's, oh. And it's a short one. Um, That's fine. Go ahead. Super Mario Bros. movie. Oh, yeah. They announced a runtime. Okay. An hour and 32 minutes. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Beautiful. Just, Unheard of in this day and age. Just away. <laughs> 90-minute movie? Oh, be yeah. still my heart. I've guaranteed I'm going to see it twice now. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm nervous, guys. Oh, 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 do tell. Tell us your concern. Trailers look good, and that's the point. I'm waiting for the other shooter drops. Something. Tommy this movie has. To, 
<laughs> Tommy's yeah, mortal enemy is the trailer. I'm not even joking, guys. It's true. Let's go get all the messages so we can take down trailers. Tommy, Tommy doesn't uh, watch most trailers. Yes, but I did see this one, and, and it looks good, but that's what makes me nervous. <laughs> We're also seeing very little Chris Pratt, which really makes me feel like his character is going to be oh, terrible. Still, you're right. They've only given us the one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. They're focusing on the other people to be like, don't worry about Chris Pratt. Seth Rogen get through and it. Charlie Day. Look, yeah. look. Yeah. Mario's hmm. just super religious in this movie and <laughs> keeps his political views close to his chest <laughs> as opposed to all of his other castmates. Oh, no. <laughs> Too real. Okay. Now I think it's a good time to wrap up. Okay. Tommy, first and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Uh, always a pleasure. Our, our resident D&D expert, our, our mm. local friend. Tommy, where can people find you, listen to you? Where uh, where do you want them to go from here? Hey, uh, I'm out there in the world. Come listen to me on the Stark Wars podcast if you like shenanigans. And maybe sometimes we talk about Marvel when we're not talking about The Last <laughs> of Us. Also, I'm on the Twitter. Barely. Uh, you can find say, me. Tommy's you? Tidbits. Are you Tommy? I don't tweet. I sometimes yeah. like D&D stuff. Uh very rarely will you see me liking things, but when I do, it's a big deal yeah. because I, I don't give out those <laughs> likes for, for free. He doesn't. Yeah. He'll make you pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, Tommy. And, and then when you ask, I make sure to like every <laughs> single photo you've ever you've ever asked me to like in one foul. So just so right. you know, hey, I'm hey, doing, this, doing for this just for you. Tommy's a good friend in that way. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for guiding us uh, DM wise through uh, mm-hmm. all the dungeons and all the dragons that we encountered today. It was uh, it was really, really into a dragon yeah. this season. <laughs> so, yeah. all right, listen. Thank you all for listening. We we uh, appreciate you guys so much. If you love this podcast and are looking for extra ways you can support us, we do in our snip feed actually have a little support the pod uh, uh, a tab there where you can leave us a, a little tip. If you don't want to do that, do not worry. Uh, you're already supporting us in the best way possible just by listening so thank you for being here if Mm -hmm. you know speaking of listening if you want to listen to more of us check out our old episodes on apple spotify as well as youtube you can follow us at two dudes watch cartoons on both instagram and tiktok and uh you know please remember to like subscribe leave a review whatever you're listening on make sure it's uh Five stars or nothing else. But uh, thank you again for being here. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. We will catch you next time. Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Yeah, yeah.